What's up, everyone? Thank you for stepping into the Coach's Box. I'm your host, Coach JP3, joined by Coach Murph and Coach Natty T. So we got some NFL talk. And of course, we got to delve a little bit into March Madness. There kind of is a big tournament going on and some crazy games uh, happening. Uh, and then we're going to go into a little bit of the NBA playoff picture as things are starting to develop and teams are cementing themselves in, 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 uh, in, as far as the playoff seeds are concerned. You know, we wanted to start with Coach Natty T. You know, he's he's going to talk to us about his beef with a particular city and where he stands right now with that particular city. So go ahead, take it away, Coach Natty T. Yeah, so um, excuse my voice. I have a little, little cold over here. You know, my son had a little runny nose, so it's inevitable that the whole house is going to get some sort of <laughs> suggestion. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. So, you know, I know y'all brushed on, a, you know, last week with Deshaun. So, you know, I'm officially ending my beef with the city of Cleveland after yeah. that move was made. <laughs> that's, that, that's, that's a boss move right there. Like, I know the, you know, we had to get too, too much into, you know, the whole civil cases and all that. But to me, like that, that's, that, that was a boss move by Cleveland. Cause one of the things that really would tick me off about them and just the whole city and all the sports fans is the whole woe is me attitude. Like that just really would get on my nerves. Cause I'm like, listen, in this case for the Browns, like you're, you're an NFL franchise, like everybody else, right? You have a billionaire ownership, like everybody else. I understand Cleveland is not a great location, especially in comparison to places like Los Angeles and, you know, Miami and Tampa and all these other places. But listen, this whole woe is me attitude, like, oh, we're Cleveland and, you know, we, we never win anything. And, oh, you know, I mean, you know, Baker won a playoff game. That's the best we've done in so many years. Like, I don't give a damn about that. Like, listen, if somebody is available and can take your team to the next level, go get them. Do what you got to do to go get them. And they actually did it. So I have to give them credit there. Um, and again, you know, I know you guys talked about Deshaun a little bit already, but, you know, for me, look, man, I get it. <clears throat> I know people are mad, even though half of y'all that are mad, I don't want to hear a word coming out of your mouth because half of y'all voted for a president that had the same amount of accusations as Deshaun did, but y'all still voted for him for president. And I didn't hear y'all with the same energy then. So I don't know why y'all so upset now and being so, oh, oh, this is just unprecedented. Stop it. He's a football player. He's a bit of a pervert. Get over it. Y'all gonna win some football games now. So... Just get over it. So yeah. that's my thoughts on it. Like, I, I was actually – I had a discussion with a friend the other day, and then I was telling him, I was like, it's, it's crazy because of, you know, the whole Trump situation. But also with – if people are putting, like – I don't want to undermine, you know, the accusations or anything, but I was like, you have to factor in that Deshaun could have been playing last year, but he decided to fight the case because he believes he was not guilty. That says something. Because, like, some people is just like, oh, he found a loophole and this, this, and that. I'm like, if he could have paid 
you know, paid the settlement and just moved on from it. But he was like, no. So, I mean, I get him kudos for that. Of course, I, you know, I hope he didn't do anything. But as far as we see, there's not evident or not enough evidence to, you know, put anything on him. So, I mean, that that's just the way of the law. That's, and again, for me, like, you know, it's similar to the Brian Flores situation in a way. Like, do I believe him when he says, oh, I think it's racism why I didn't get to be coach, you know, or why I got fired? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, me personally, I could probably believe that, but do you have any evidence of that? No unfortunately and of course that this that was one of my assignments looking at the whole Deshaun Watson case and when there's that many individuals I mean yeah it's hard for me to believe <laughs> right I mean yeah something inappropriate happened but at the same time there's no like there's no video there's no DNA evidence you know physical or actual like tangible evidence so it's, it's literally a he said versus she said situation, like literally. So, you know, when they drop the case, like I can see why, because it's like, I mean, I hear you, but and we need some sort of evidence. Right. So, you know, the fact that like people are like, oh, you know, how is he able to play? I'm like, I think we got to be careful because, again, <laughs> if we're really going to kick somebody out the league over technically an accusation i don't know if we want to go down that road nope. yeah, there'll be a lot of coaches and owners mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. without jobs mm-hmm. i'm saying because again I, like i said i brought up i brought up you know our ex-president but you know there, there's another owner who's getting happy endings in a massage parlor in miami bobby craft i i didn't really hear the same energy then either no no, and it, the story didn't even last that long, really. Yeah. Like, it's it's black man. Mm-hmm. And they have actual, like, there's actual, like, you know, video evidence, yes. paper trail. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't hear the same energy then. But, but yeah, you know, I, for me, like I said, I get it, but listen, when y'all start winning football games, nobody's going to really think about all this mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, the dude from the Giants, what was it? In the front office of the Giants caught on video, um, you know, basically like yelling and yanking around his wife on video. Yep. And, 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 and I was like, you just, you could see it. And that story lasted maybe two, two and a half days. Yep. And nothing happened to the dude. Nope. So, but, you know, not to get too much into that. But again, like I said, it, it's, it's just, it's time. You know, my, my wife, my lovely wife keeps telling me, she's like, we're not moving. We're not moving there. It's been 12 <laughs> years since you even lived in the state. Like, just, just let it, just let it go. I was like, you know what? I was already kind of flirting with it. And then when they made that move, I was like, you know what? Hey, I can't even handle that move. Right. So, right. that was my big announcement. Got it, you know. Ohio's up. Yeah, yeah. You know, let, let by. Bygones be bygones, you know, let sleeping dogs lie, whatever cliche statement we want to use. <laughs> Bury the hatchet. <laughs> Bury the hatchet, you know. Yeah, I, 
And basically, I'm just I'm not gonna overtly bash Ohio or Cleveland anymore. Wait, so are you are you in a dead to beef with with Kai since he's a full time worker now? Listen, <laughs> I actually have no beef with Kyrie Irving. Like I said, like they him being him helped me win extra money. So <laughs> you know that was just added to my 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 sneaker budget. So I actually can't even hate on that. But um, we'll but we'll we'll kind of get into that in our you know in our NBA segment because mm. you know I just I, I I need to see some results. But we'll we'll get into that. Yeah, I definitely understand where people are coming from. I mean, personnel-wise, just straight up personnel-wise, mm-hmm. great, great move. And they're talking about Odell possibly ending up over there, too. They I mean, that. listen, like, when you have – I mean, you know, again, it's a it's a tough situation. They're going to have to, you know, manage, you know, how he's presented. And, you know, I did see some of the press conference today. Yeah. Um, and again, that, that's going to be some things you're going to have to work through without a doubt. You know, what comes to mind is, you know, even, you know, like a Michael Vick with with the Eagles. Right. Obviously, apples and oranges in terms of the actual situation, but in terms of like. Just PR and, you know, bringing him back into the fold, like, how do you do that? Like, how does he handle himself? So, you know, they're going to have to work through that. But, you know, ultimately, once he gets back on that field, man, look. <laughs> when when he starts, when he gets out there in practice, and they're like, "Yo, this is not Baker Mayfield. Like this, this is a different cat." So, so they about to catch the ball and be like, "Wait, it actually came." From- <laughs> <laughs> That's like, you know, you start winning some games, and I don't know how you know if he's gonna get. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's gonna get suspended. Probably. I mean, my guess is gonna be you know four to six games. But listen, when he comes back and they start playing well. I mean, people be like, man, I don't know, man. They look good. <laughs> and again, like, you know, they they ha- I think they had to do something because you see Joe Burrow, because you can make the argument as far as Cincinnati as an organization was just as bad as, as Cleveland in terms of just being bad, right? They, went to, they just went to the Super Bowl. Lamar's coming back. They're all healthy. Obviously, Did you know, Trubisky coming back. Right. Pittsburgh's <laughs> <laughs> in transition. They're in transition, but still, <laughs> I mean, they still have a pretty solid team. And you know, they're not going to stay there for long, you know. Mm-hmm. So you see what's going on in the AFC as a whole. Man. Like, you can't, like, you can't just sit there at Baker and be like, well, you know, he won our first playoff game in 20 years. Like, no, nah, bro, like, this is a, this is a, <laughs> This is a results now business. You got to do what you got to do. So I, I I applaud the Browns. Again, I know it's a tough situation, but, you know, I think even the fact that they did it, um, even with it being such a tough situation, mm. I, I got to give them props because they could have been like, nah, we'll just stay with Baker. Nah, man, you got to take that chance. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah, well, y'all heard it here. First, Coach Natty T ends his oh. with the city of Cleveland. I yep. thought we'd never hear today. I thought oh. we'd never get to this day. I don't. I didn't think so either. <laughs> you could, I guess you could give credit to my son. You know, I just can't, you know, I have, you know. He softened you up? <laughs> yeah, he softened me up. And then, you know, he, he takes most of my energy. So I can't have this, this you know, burning energy of hatred for a city 
you know, I <laughs> I got a son to raise, man. I got time to worry about Cleveland. Oh. <laughs> For all of us here in the coach's box, thank you, Mason, for helping the coach. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, you know, I don't have time to be having hate on my heart like that. I got a son to raise. <laughs> I can't be chasing him across the room and thinking about Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like, yeah, y'all do y'all thing, man. Yeah, y'all good. <laughs> for some, that was a surprising move. You know, we knew Deshaun Watson was available for people to look at and that whole Cleveland situation, everything happened, rap, happened so rapidly. Baker's like, Hey, I want out. They're like, ah, no. And then everyone was like, Oh, okay. They're going to stick with them. What are they going to do? Next day they signed, they signed to sign Watson. <laughs> I was like, and gave them all that guaranteed money, which they did not even think about giving to Baker. So that, that was a lot. So that was one surprising move. This surprise, this move here really surprised me in a sense. Um, Tyreek Hill to the Dolphins. I think it would be remiss if we didn't at least talk about it a little bit here uh, and how this affects both teams in the situation. And so what was surprising for me is that you had a really good thing going because you have Kelsey and Hill. And then when you add Juju, it's like that makes sense because Juju's not going to get as much attention. So he's going to be able to work one-on-one most of the time where he'll be more effective. And he, he could potentially produce numbers closer to what he did when he played with AB in Pittsburgh. And so then now you have Tyreek Hill saying, oh, you know, he wants out. And literally it's the quickest transaction I have ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> like literally I, I saw it. On social media, I went to a meeting at work. I came out, Tyreek Hill's a dolphin. I'm like, I I thought he just said something. And so I don't know all the ins and outs of this situation, and maybe we'll never know all the ins and outs of the situation. But I think we should kind of talk about, um, you know, just the shock factor of this and how it affects both teams. So, Coach Murphy, you want to get us started with this one? Yeah, man, it's – um. That happened so quick because as soon as literally we was talking about it in the group chat when he's like, oh, you know, the Chiefs are letting him explore, you know, trade options. And then I felt like it, it only took like six minutes because I would be here like, oh, you know, Philly has a lot of draft picks. Hopefully, you know, they can make a move or something. And next thing you know, he's in Miami. Um, but I think it leaves the biggest – I mean – the biggest thing that we'll be looking at going and moving forward into this season is how is this going to affect, uh, you know, the chiefs because Pat Mahomes, like with everything that's happening in the AFC West, that's a huge hit to the team. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, losing one of your stars and like, I understand it in terms of like, I mean, to cut them a check that big, um, it, it just didn't, it just wouldn't make, that much sense for them but having juju as your number one receiver doesn't help either so i can see them taking a wide out um in the in the first round this year but with them i think it's like they gave them pick 29 and they have pick 30 and even though it's a deep receiver draft who knows what receiver they'll end up with but it's not going to be one of the best in that class unless if they turn out to be and, or Mahomes can make them that way. Uh, but I feel like that's going to 
make things a little bit harder because you don't have that deep threat so that, you know, someone like Travis Kelsey could eat down low um, and then, you know, create big plays. But also this makes this a huge year for Tua. Uh, I think it's going to be this to sink or swim. So if they don't make the playoffs, he might be out of there. Like, I think this is just going to be a one-year thing because you can't have Waddle, who had an amazing year last year. You add Tyreek, they give you a new – they sign Armstead. So, I mean, you're, you've got a line. They sign Raheem Mostert, even though that he gets injured a lot. If he doesn't, you have you a, you know, a fast – you literally have a track squad mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're with a great line. And your defense is solid. So it's going to be an interesting year. All eyes are going to be on the Dolphins. Uh, I feel like it will affect the Chiefs more in a negative way just because of how the AFC West is shaping. Um, I think that will affect them more as a team, whereas Miami, they know, is is just a Tua thing. So if Tua doesn't pan out, you know you need your quarterback. But outside of that, I mean, now you got the Chiefs where I felt like they will be number one because of chemistry and coaching. They're looking more like three, like third in their division, like a solid third in their division. So I'm curious how they'll do this season. Yeah, I had a spirited debate with someone at work and I was just like, they they are like, they're pro Tua. And I was like, I don't, I don't see it. That of course it, have a good year change change my mind i i just i just don't think he's that guy i i don't think yeah and he had and because the the person i was talking to kept talking about um the record that they had you know with him starting and i said well that was under a different coach too so like that doesn't mean he's going to be able to repeat that under you know the the new coaching staff and with new with the new parts i think that's actually going to make it a little bit harder for him so we may not see um you know the same win loss percentage that we saw last year for the dolphins uh because it's gonna be a learning curve for people and i think did they get like chase edmonds or somebody you know they got another running back uh uh and of course they have jazeki as a tight end who's, who's really good uh, i they, yeah i agree the weapons are there um to, for them to go on, on uh, to at least get into the playoffs uh, with the, the, this, this, if, if Tua can at least be average and not get uh, 0.3 uh, points in, in my fantasy game anymore, if he could do better than that and just be average, then that may be enough for them to get at least into a serious playoff race. Cause I'm looking at the Patriots I don't know how they're good they're going to be with Mac Jones. There was some stuff. There was some good stuff we saw last year with him, but there were some very questionable things as well. Uh, of course, you have the Bills, which I think are going to be good. The Jets, I know they have some good players, but the Jets are the Jets for a reason. So it's whatever they have is not going to work uh, because the change isn't the change that they need isn't on the field. It's in the front office. That's that's the change that needs to happen. So it doesn't matter who you put out, who you roll out there, really. Um, so they have a they have a chance to get second in that division, which maybe they could sneak in, you know. But as you all said before, the AFC so loaded, nothing's guaranteed there. You could be second in your division, 
four games above 500 and miss the playoffs. All right. So it's going to be tough for them. The Chiefs, yeah, I think this gets them down to three. I, they, they're still better than Denver. Um, I think uh, I like Mahomes more than Wilson as far as what we ever see, you know, and Mahomes having the chemistry with the Chiefs already. Wilson's going to have to learn how to play with the Broncos and their, and their personnel. Um, but, yeah, this this definitely makes the Raiders look really good. This this definitely gives the Raiders a great shot, I, I, I think. Um so I'm looking forward to that that piece, but I just want to know what like I know what happened, but it's just like, well, you're not spending money on defense, obviously, if you're Kansas City, you know. So where where is where is this money that you're like not willing to give to him? Pat Mahomes took a a ten year contract to make room for 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 stuff like this, and I I just would have prioritized Tyreek. Uh, I know that Devontae Adams messed this up <laughs> by getting his money, but yeah, I would have, I would have paid, I would have paid him because I'm like, you're not going to find any, either, even though that there's speedsters in the draft that you can get to stretch the field, they're still not going to be Tyreek Hill because the people, what people get mixed up is that just because someone is fast doesn't mean that they're under control. Like the mm-hmm. thing about Tyreek Hill is that he runs fast, but under control. So it makes it easy for a quarterback to be able to get him the ball. So that's just my thoughts about those two things. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I understand where they were coming from because I think it like you can't have that much money tied into a QB and a receiver and expect to win. Um, even though that he is like a generational talent, but it's like we we haven't been winning. And not saying that it's his fault. I mean, you know, a lot of it you can pin on Mahomes and also play calling, but um, it, that's just a risky move. I feel like because that's going to pigeonhole you for for at least you know three years, and the way that everything is generating, it's just like okay, we have a deep receiver draft. We probably won't get him, but or get like well, we won't find a guy that will you know fill that void that you know Tyreek has. But you have Kelsey. Um, you know you're focusing on making the line better just so you can get more of that run game going. And I mean, it's just the juju thing that's bothering me. It looked really good with Tyreek. <laughs> it, it doesn't look good at all without Tyreek. Because like now instead of having two people being because you know you're double covering sometimes triple covering Tyreek and then also doing the same to Kelsey. But now it's just like oh we can just now you can legit just spread the, the defense out. And if you neutralize Kelsey you you're threatening threatening Mahomes to either beat you with Juju or you know the Chiefs to beat you in the run game and none of those seem like you know strong suits to to help you move on so so somebody's going to get exposed just like Keenan Allen said so we'll see what do you think in that team well <laughs> I think we're both uh, the Chiefs and the Dolphins. It's a come to Jesus moment <laughs> because if you're the Chiefs and Coach JB3, as soon as I go into my point, I think you're going to know where I'm going to go. If Patrick Mahomes is as good as people <laughs> say that he is, yep. 
and people think that he is, this should have no impact on the Chiefs. If he's that good, if he's being put on that pedestal, because we keep saying he's, you know, he's chasing Tom Brady. He's the best in the game. He's the best we've ever seen. Okay, then. Well, let's see it. Because Tom Brady, as they always like to put him in, in that in that realm of, of chasing the GOAT, right? Well, Tom Brady was able to make it work with multiple, you know, receiver groups, right? I mean, obviously he's had Gronk in his kind of the second half of his his prime, if you will, but still, I mean, he's been able to make it work with multiple guys, like picking dudes off the street and making it work. So, Patrick, if you're that good, figure it out. Andy Reid, you're supposed to be an offensive guru, an offensive mastermind, right? Okay, then, figure it out. Eric Bieniemy, we've t- we've talked about the plight of the black head coach, right? I think he should have gotten an opportunity. But since you call the plays, as Andy Reid has repeatedly said, figure it out. If you're that good, figure it out. I understand that. But as great as the runs that Brady and Aaron Rodgers and, you know, other quarterbacks have run through, neither of them have been in a division as stacked as this. So, like, yeah, you can figure it out, but, like, we're not talking about, you know, Brady facing the Dolphins twice a year when they've been trashed for decades. You know what I mean? And, and like, the Bills when they were trashed for decades. The same thing with, you know, Aaron Rodgers facing the Bears or or the Vikings. So, it's like – we're, we're talking about a stacked and up-and-coming Chargers team, a stacked Raiders team, and, you know, an up-and-coming Broncos team with a veteran quarterback. So it's like they didn't have to face this type of competition. I agree the talent on paper, but let's just be real about this. As great as um, Justin Herbert is, as we like to say that he is, they haven't made the playoffs yet. I need to make the playoffs. Josh McDaniels, are we sure he's going to be a good head coach for the Raiders? Are we sure about that? Because I saw what he did in Denver. He could say I learned from my mistakes all I want, but I need to see some results. Nathaniel Hackett, what do we even know about you? So, and again, that the unknown could be a positive as well, to your point. But what I'm saying is, Andy Reid is that great of a coach. <laughs> Eric Bieniemy is that great of a play caller. Patrick Mahomes is that great as we say that he is. Because Patrick Mahomes, we don't put Patrick Mahomes as just another guy. The things that have been said about Patrick Mahomes, he should be able to stay competitive. They, they should, they shouldn't have, there shouldn't be a major drop-off. They should, should be at the top of the AFC. In, in terms of contention. I'm not saying you win the Super Bowl every year. So to your point, like, yeah, okay, maybe they won't have the best record every year. But I do expect you to be, still be competitive right where you are. 
if there's a significant drop off, then there's another conversation that needs to be had. That's all I'm saying. Because if you're that, if we're gonna we're gonna put use adjectives like great and ever and best we've ever seen and we've never seen anything like okay, well. Now you need to make that $500 million over the next 10 years. <laughs> I'm just saying, you're the highest paid quarterback. I can't, I'm not giving you a pass if we're going to put you on that, on that pedestal. You're not just some other good quarterback. You're not an up and coming quarterback. You're supposedly the best we've ever seen. I need to see it, period. I don't give a damn. Because yeah. even from an Eric Bannemi standpoint, much as I think he should have an opportunity, if you're the one calling the plays, ever since that Super Bowl against Tampa, I've been disappointed. Because I don't understand how your offensive line is depleted. Tampa Bay clearly says, you know what? We're not going to let Tyreek beat us. We're going to have the two deep safeties, and everybody says. And you're still calling the same plays? You don't make no adjustments? In which coaching is about making adjustments? Yeah, you have your strengths. Another team has a counter. You should have another counter. So if y'all still trying to do the same thing you were doing before and you have no counters, then we need to have another conversation. Almost killed the quarterback in the process. Patrick Mahomes running for his life the whole game. Whole game. And Patrick Mahomes. I understand that. But your boy Brady gave you a master class that game. Get the ball at your damn hands. Some of those sacks are on you. Mm-hmm. So you want to throw the ball deep and have all these flash plays. Sometimes you can just take the simple play and keep it moving forward. He gets greedy a lot. It happened in the Bengals game. That's why they lost that game at the end, right? Now everything was his That's, fault at the end. It was his fault. Okay. That's my point. So, Patrick, if you're that good, you, you need to diversify your game a little bit, dude. We, we know you're flashy. We know you can do the no-look passes. We know you can do all that. Can you be methodical? Can you do death by a thousand paper cuts? Can you do that too? I don't know if you can do that. Because if you can't, this league will swallow you up and spit you out. Because you're going to be a one-dimensional player. As great as, as Brett Favre was, I always think about if he had a little bit more patience and to not be risky and just take what the defense gave him, that might be worth another Super Bowl in his career. That might got him to another Super Bowl. I'm saying it might be harsh, but I'm saying if we're talking about the best of the best here, yeah, we're, we're talking about splitting hairs, and that and this that's my point. I so this year, okay, let's see it. Tyreek Hill's gone. I need to see it now on the Dolphin side. To your point, I think it's really up to Tua. But <sighs> Mike McDaniel, I think this is going to be a very interesting experiment here. We don't know much about him. Right? They say he kind of came up with a lot of the running game schemes in San Francisco. I don't believe that. I think that was, uh, you know, Mike Shanahan and his dad. But Okay, let's give him the credit for that. Um, like a Josh McDaniels, like a Nathaniel Hackett, you know, do we know what kind of coach he's going to be? I don't know. However, I must say, to your point, the, the moves that they've made just in this 
free agency period. I like it. Good move. And yeah. I know he's not the GM, but obviously he's part of the the forecasting and the plan in getting these guys together, right? So I think they're like they're like, hey Tua, like <laughs> we're gonna give you some weapons, we gave you some protection. Let's see what you can do, you know? So and I hate to keep bringing this up, but I'll tell you this right now, man. If this little kid, <laughs> Mike Mateo, can make Tua look good, Brian Flores, bruh, that's a bad look. That yeah, is bad. Real bad look. Because the thing is, as great as their defense was, their offense was a bit like conservative. Yeah. And it's an offensive league. It just is. You know, I mean, the Rams, obviously, they have great individual players. But defensive, they were kind of like middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. They really just won. They really won Super Bowl with their offense and Aaron Donald making plays. <laughs> like that's they that's basically how they won a Super Bowl this year. Mm-hmm. So you know if he can sort of you know tweak some things and get them to get some things popping on the offensive end, man, I don't know, bro. That ain't a good look for Brian Flores at all. It's just not. Um, so we'll, you know, I think it's just kind of a wait and see on the Dolphins end. But yeah, for me with the Chiefs, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's 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 surprising. But at the same time, like, listen, if 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 you have the quarterback that you think he's that good, you should be able to make some adjustments. Yes, it will look different, but you should be able to make some adjustments and still be able to continue playing at a high level. If they complete, like, say if they miss the playoffs next year, whoo, yeah, we need to have a whole different conversation about your boy Patrick Mahomes. That's all I got to say. We're going to bookmark this episode for sure because we're going to have to revisit this come into the football season and see what, what's going on here. I'm just um, saying, man. Because, again, we, 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 we throw out I, certain I, adjectives about certain people. Okay. All I'm, right. I'm we breaking need to- the news right now. With all these moves going on, I'm hopping on the PS5 train when when Madden drops. I'm buying <laughs> next gen. I gotta make it happen. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah. you know, just quickly, we wanted to jump into a little bit of March Madness and show, show some love. You know, there's been teams. You know, when the brackets got busted, pretty much the second day of the tournament, where there's like no perfect brackets left. You know, it it was. It's one of those things that I know people keep saying this, but it's true. It never disappoints. March Madness never disappoints. It's one of the great sports products, if you will, like out there is March Madness. Um, and St. Peter's, man, that, I can't believe it. I, I'm very happy for them. I can't name one player in their team. I'm going to be honest, can't name one player in their team. <laughs> I, I know I know their head coach a little bit, you know, you know, watching the interviews and stuff like that and looking him up. But these guys came out of nowhere, came out of nowhere. And, and Coach Murph, you could chime in your thoughts. I know you brought this stuff, wanting to show them some love. So what are you thinking about as you watch St. Peter's this this tournament? They're just like a really good and disciplined team. Like they don't really make enough. They don't make mistakes that beat themselves. Um, and they were in a dog fight down the stretch in like the last three minutes of this Purdue game that just ended probably like about an hour or so ago. 
but um you know you could just tell that down the stretch I feel like when games get close in their last three games that they put so much pressure on those higher seed teams because they're just like we're supposed to beat these guys we're supposed to wash them and then it forced them to make unwarranted errors like during the back end, I, I don't know who the guy was, but it was about, I want to say it was a little bit under two minutes left, probably right before then. Um, and there was a loose ball. Purdue was down two. And then clearly when they poked the ball out and the guy tried to make, from Purdue, tried to make a play on the ball and like clearly you wasn't going to get it because the guy was in front of him from St. Peter's and he basically dove on his leg right when the guy got the ball. So it was a foul and he went to the line that, you know, made it a four point game. And then it was just pretty much like, okay, we scored two, y'all scored two, we scored two, y'all scored two. And then, you know, some big threes happened down the stretch for um, Purdue and it came down to the last four seconds. Purdue had the ball down three with the chance to send it into overtime. Um, I believe the guy's name is Ivy for Purdue. Um, he hit a three earlier in the game, uh, a big three earlier in the game to make it a one-point game before they had to foul and then St. Peter's go up two again. So rightfully so, he takes the last shot and it literally just hit right on the front of the iron. And I was like, that's tough. But the way things were going, like Purdue really started to pick up steam from playing from behind pretty much the, these last few minutes of the game. And, and there's no doubt in my mind that if he hit that shot, St. Peter's was going home in OT. Mm. But they're just, like I said, they're just disciplined. They're just really disciplined. They're, they're playing free. I mean, there's no even though that they're moving on in the the Cinderella story, it's like they're not feeding into that as if like you know this is our ch- they're just like hey this is our next game let's play it. Uh, I believe their next game will be against either uh, I believe it's the the winner of the North Carolina and Carolina, UCLA. UCLA game, uh, which are both tough matchups. I believe that if UCLA pulls it off, St. Peter's would beat UCLA, but I don't think they could keep up with the points that North Carolina can point uh, put up. So if North Carolina wins, I think the, the Cinderella story ends in the Elite Eight, but if UCLA, I think it has a great chance to, to live on. So Yeah, I, like, I, I, I agree with that, I think. North Carolina wouldn't be as good of a matchup for them. I just like I was talking to someone about. Well, it was in our as our chat, and I was like, well, you know, I we watched Duke turn it on in the last few minutes and, and pull away there and win. And I'm thinking, you know, if Gonzaga would have won their game, I think that'd have been a bad matchup for Duke. But because Gonzaga late in eight, you know, dropped the ball there, um, I think Duke has a really good chance to to make it through. Uh, they're just looking at the matchups, but. Uh, one thing that stood out to me about St. Peter's is they interviewed Shaheen Holloway, their head coach. And I remember I'm paraphrasing his response, 
but they were basically asking him, like, you know, how, you know, your team is able to, you know, the first 15 seed ever to advance to the Elite Eight. And, and actually, this was the game before, before the Purdue game. And he basically was like, you know, like, like pressure, like, you, like these dudes from New York and, and Jersey and everything, like, they're, mm-hmm. they're resilient anyway. They're resilient before they even got here. Yeah. And he was just saying, it's, it's just them remembering that and, and then taking that to saying, this is a basketball game, right? Uh, and so that grit that you look for in your team, when you have folks that have had to use grit and resiliency their entire lives, uh, it helps with these type of moments because you're like, man, if I survived all of this in life, I'm, I'm just playing a game here. I can get through this. We can get through this. And, you know, I, and so I like that response from him. And I, I it, you know, sometimes you got like the perfect coach to, to, to coach the team. And I think he's that for St. Peter's. I think with the team that they have, he's the perfect guy to be running that because they, they buy into him. They, you know, you, you're talking about the coach that players will run through a wall for, like, that's what they would do for, for Shaheen. Uh, so I, I love that response by him. I think he reflects the, the players too. You know, he's a younger guy, you know, so that I think they connect with him in that way. And, and, you know, we talk about teams that match the city, like Pittsburgh, you know, like the Steelers match the Steel City of Pittsburgh. Yeah, this dude matches his players. And it's working. It's working. I, I said this the last two games. I was like, ah, oh, this is a nice run. It'll end here. Ah, oh, this is a nice run, but it'll end here. So I'm not going to say that anymore. And I'm just going to let sit back and watch them play ball and see what happens. But uh, Coach Natty T, did you have, you know, some of your thoughts about St. Peter's in the tournament? No, I mean, I mean, you guys pretty much said everything. And I think even to your point, Coach JB3 on just the NCAA tournament, you know, why it's you know, such a good product from an entertainment standpoint. It's just the the sense of urgency because it's, you know, it's a one and done situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, like, it, that's kind of the difference between, you know, college and, you know, professionals is obviously one and done situation pros is, is, is a series. But you're dealing with kids here, man. <laughs> and... It doesn't, you know, at, at the end of the day, sometimes it doesn't really matter if you're Purdue or North Carolina or Gonzaga or St. Peter's. Like, sometimes, like, you know, you're dealing with 18, 19, 20, 21 year old kids. And <clears throat> you can prepare, you can, you can, you know, you can scout, you can practice. But, you know, sometimes when you're in that high pressurized situation, some kids just can't respond to that. How many no matter times what in the tournament where they can't even inbound the ball? Yeah, so I mean, they some, get a little it, bit of pressure. They can't even get the ball in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't matter the name on the front of the jersey. I mean, at, at the end of the day, like, they're, they're, they're 18, 19 years old, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's kind of the beauty of, of their tournament. That's what you're seeing, you know, St. Peter's, you know, take advantage of. And to your point, you know, with what, the coach had said, you know, with what those kids have dealt with from a life perspective, you know, they're just going into those situations kind of playing with house money. And that's why those, you know, you see upsets because the the lower C team is is playing with house money. They're like, well, probably weren't supposed to be here anyway. Everybody thinks we're going to lose and you just let it fly. Whereas the, you know, the higher C team, 
you know, those those other things start creeping into their head. And they're like, oh, well, you know, we're Duke or, oh, we're, I know, a blue blood program. And, you know, what's everybody going to say? And what's everybody on social media going to say? And what's everybody on campus going to say? That stuff starts creeping into your head. So I think you're just kind of seeing that unfold. Very true. That's very true. They literally can go into any game thinking we're not supposed to be here, right? We're not yeah. supposed to be here. Yeah. And that's motivation enough, you know, just, just thinking about that. Yeah. So I, I think I, that's why you consistently see, like, like you said, the college tournament. I mean, it's, it's almost like, it's not really, it's not even really surprising anymore. Like you almost expect to see mm-hmm. upsets. I think, you know, the, the unexpected thing is, is for it to be, you know, the, the chalk bracket, if you will, quote unquote, Yeah, where you just expect everybody just to go all the top seeds to go through like, that's probably more that's probably more the anomaly than than the norm absolutely absolutely yeah it's been exciting i can't wait to see the the upcoming games we're going to switch you know speaking of 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 tournaments and postseason play you know the the nba is almost there almost there with nba postseason play and (laughs) you know it's gonna be a wild finish here look i'm looking at these records man and as much as you know, you see teams, usually you have many more teams that have cemented their place, their seeding in a tournament, especially by now you think like, oh, okay, well, most of these guys, they're going to be this seed. They're going to be this easy. Every game is important for most of these teams. Every game is important because there is, you know, just looking at the Eastern Conference and, I, and then before I turn over, I just kind of set the stage here. So you're looking at Miami, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're good, but Miami. really... Miami, shout out Jimmy Butler. <laughs> I knew you was gonna get him. Hey, by the by the way, big face coffee at the Miami opening. Ah, nice, nice. Yeah. So I was, I was like, yeah, okay. So Miami got their, their thing, but they're really they're one in the East, but they're only a game ahead of Milwaukee. So like, there's very, you know, that's still a very tight race there. A game behind them is Philadelphia, um, and Boston just has one more loss. And then Chicago's a couple games behind, but you're looking at that, that top four in the East is pretty close there. You look on the, the, the latter half of it, Cleveland and Toronto at six and seven have the same record. Chicago's one game in front of them. And you have Brooklyn uh, with, with three games to catch up with Toronto or Cleveland. Uh, and with, you know, the change in Kyrie status, maybe, Maybe that makes a difference there for just that seeding part of who they play in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because right now Brooklyn and Charlotte are a game apart. Charlotte's right behind them because they have one more in the loss column. So there's a lot going there. Switch over to the Western Conference. Phoenix is one of those teams, like one of the few teams, they're like, yeah, we're, we're in this. Like, you know what it is. Like, we're ready. Um, Memphis, who people still aren't talking about enough, in my opinion, uh, our number two in the West with a three-game lead on Golden State, right? So everybody thought this will be Golden State and Phoenix taking it to the playoffs. Uh, Memphis was like, oh, that's cute. We're going to go and get slide in and get this number two, two spot. So um, I think those will stay the same. And then when you look at the tail end of it, the, the very tail end of it, and I say this because the Lakers at the very tail end of this at number 10, tied with the Pelicans, with no Zion on the floor and they basically traded half their team. So anyways, yes, 
they are tied for the bottom there. So they keep flipping back and forth between nine and 10 on any given night. Um, and the Spurs, if they get hot a couple games, maybe could upset and, and knock the, the Lakers or Pelicans out. So we'll see. But yeah, it's been madness here in the playoffs. Uh, so what are you all thinking? And we can start with Coach Natty. See, what are, you, what are you kind of thinking about your favorites going into the playoffs? Listen, man, y'all know, y'all know where I'm going. <laughs> y'all heard by, by, by NBA State of the Union when I started with, Y'all know where I'm going. Listen, man. Now that the mandate is lifted, my expectation, based on what I keep hearing from TV and people alike, is that Kevin Durant is the best player in the world, right? Mm-hmm. I keep hearing, you know, he's, you know, the, the best scorer we've ever seen. Okay. Never seen that skill set in that package. Somebody seven foot handle shot, all that. I keep hearing Kyrie, the most skilled guard, point guard we've ever seen. We've seen him drop 60 on what, 70% shooting? Ridiculous. And then he had what? It was like he dropped 60, then he had 50 in another game, like, like two games later. Mm-hmm. Like in the same week, mm-hmm. so okay. If we're if we're if 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 we're going there, if we're going to use those adjectives and describe these guys as basketball players. Kyrie Irving is fully available now. Right. Kevin Durant, you're the best player in the world. I know Ben Simmons is out with his back and whatever nonsense he got going on, but you have a team, a veteran team in which you have guys who have been multiple all-stars, you have guys who have won championships, including yourself and Kyrie. I, my expectation would be that you win the championship this year. Period. I don't give a damn about Phoenix. (laughs) I don't give a damn about Milwaukee. I keep hearing Kevin Durant is the best player in the world. He's supposed to be the trump card. He's supposed to be the cheat code, right? Well, if that's true, he should be able to get it done, period. It's on him to get the best out of the rest of the team. Right. Yes, there may, they, may have, they have their strengths and weaknesses like everybody else. But you know what, KD? You're the best player in the world. I need to see some damn results. Because if you don't, then maybe you're not the best player in the world then. So that's all I got to say. We've seen players better, you know, that are stars of the league carry less talent further in the playoffs, right? We talked about that, and you alluded to it. You were like, "Hey, Allen Iverson, Allen Iverson would have killed to have the players of that of the Nets on their on his I, team." I bring up Allen. You brought it up. I didn't want to go there, but again, Allen Iverson in two thousand one, one MVP. That team was complete garbage. His starting point guard was Eric freaking Snow. The man sucks at basketball. <laughs> that was your starting point guard. I'm not going to trash the Kempe Mutombo because, you know, he's a you know, lovable guy. One defensive player of the year that year. Okay. But Matt Geiger? Tyrone Hill. Tyrone Hill? Yo Ratliff. 
Aaron McKee was decent coming off the bench. He had a good year. I like Aaron McKee. You know, everybody like Aaron McKee. You know, decent player, but come on, man. Got to the finals, dropped 46 in a game seven in Philly to get to the finals to submit it, mm-hmm. and actually won a game against one of the greatest teams of all time, one of the greatest duels of all time in Shaq and Kobe. Yeah. Because Alan Iverson can do that. <laughs> Kevin, there's no, there's, there's no team on the level of the Lakers. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. There's the only pass I'll give is Phoenix because, okay, let's say Phoenix wins and then they happen to go on say in the future, like, okay, like they go back to back or something like that. Oh, they they end up being a dynasty. Okay. Maybe that's to be determined. Yes. As of right now, Kevin, you called out the New York City mayor for the stupid mandate, and it's lifted. So you did all that just to be out in the second round? Really, my dude? That's what that's what we're going to do now? Or first round. <laughs> or first round. <laughs> okay, then. So that's, that's all I'm saying, man. I, y'all keep telling me. Y'all keep telling me he's the best player in the world. Stephen A., he's the best player in the world, man. He's the best player in the world. Okay, well, prove it. Show it to me. Win the championship this year. Get finals MVP. Be dominant. Give a damn about Giannis. Give a damn about Devin Booker. You're Kevin freaking Durant. Supposedly, that's what I keep hearing. Get it done. So that's that's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah. he said i don't care about the rest of the playoff teams <laughs> this, is, this is the nets season to lose and if they no, lose, I'm, just, yeah, yeah. I'm just being because i again we can't we can't keep throwing out these adjectives about these guys and then in the same breath when they come up short be like well you know they didn't have this or they didn't have that well Okay, well, maybe they're not on that. I mean, we need to stop using those words then. Maybe they're he, maybe Kevin Durant is just a very skilled basketball player, and that's it. How about that? Mm-hmm. Don't put great. Don't put best in the world next after his name, man. Just say he's a he's a very skilled basketball player, a very skilled scorer at seven feet. The other maybe guy, that's just what he is. You brought up not only Iverson, but you brought up LeBron in 07 against that Spurs team. Mm-hmm. So LeBron with that roster really had no business even getting that far to the finals. And though they, they, they didn't win a game, but they were, they got to the finals. They at least got to the finals with just LeBron. And and again, that's an 07 Spurs team with three solidified hall of fame. I know we talk about hall of fame kind of loosely, but I mean, that's like the Spurs. Yes. Other example I brought up, 2018 Warriors with a Kevin Durant and a Steph Curry and a Draymond and a Clay. Like LeBron basically went up against them by himself. Like, okay, I'm not going to get on LeBron for losing that series, right? Mm -hmm. But all right, CJ, Chief, Coach J3, y'all was trying to end it. But I got you going again. Because <laughs> here's the thing. Because here's the thing. And you know what's funny about that 2018 season with the Cavs, right? Now, kind of apples and oranges in terms of the specific details. But remember, before that 2018 season, 
Kari had bla- bailed on LeBron. Surprise, surprise. Was traded to Boston, remember? Mm-hmm. And he had Isaiah Thomas and, you know, some other players. I think, like, the Jay Crowders and whatever. And anyway. Remember, after the All-Star break, they literally traded, like, half the team. Yes. Running a whole new team. There's a whole new team. So they only had like 20, 30 games to kind of like figure it out. LeBron still got them to the finals. Mm-hmm. And in some of those games were competitive. Not all, but some of them were st- still somehow competitive. Yeah. So again, I understand the Nets have had, you know, these availability and lineup issues, but I don't give a damn now. The, the mandate's lifted. You got Kyrie. You two should be enough if you're the best player in the world. If you're not, then okay. I can talk about other teams because my expectations won't be up here. But if you're the best player in the world, okay then. I, I then KD, I need to see some results. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are talking about like just with Kyrie and KD alone. And not to mention even Ben Simmons, whatever he brings to just helping with defense and distributing the basketball or whatever, like, like that's all bonus material in my mind. Like that's all just a plus or whatever. Listen, last year, all we keep hearing all the all throughout this year, man, KD's towing on the line, man. He would have beat the Bucks by himself. Now the Bucks, the who won the championship, by the way, mm-hmm. you're good enough to do that. You have Kyrie fully available. Get it done. And I mind you, they were up 2-0 with just him and Kyrie, remember? Yep. Killing, killing them. Destroying yes. them. Yes. Why, why would it be different now? That's what I want to know. That's the question I want to ask. But, you know, whatever. I really hope they play Milwaukee again in the playoffs. Go ahead, Coach Murphy. Well, it, it's kind of looking that way. I'm So, I mean, my favorites – to come out the East and it's not, you know, because I'm a huge fan of Jimmy Butler, but I really believe Miami is the best team to do it, but they just lost to the Knicks (laughs) and they literally was winning. They outscored them every quarter, but in the fifth quarter, they got out. I mean, in the fourth quarter, they got outscored 38 to 15. So in my mind, I'm like, first of all, that's just one hell of a drop-off, and it's just uncharacteristic for y'all. I think they're ducking. I think they don't want that chance because it's so close that they could easily drop to, like, the third spot. Um, And I I think they don't want the chance of being number one and facing Brooklyn or being number two and facing Brooklyn because Brooklyn can be the seventh seed, too. But their only caveat for – Brooklyn is that they have to make they have to try their best to go on a run and hope that the Raptors take some L's because if they don't they will go to Toronto without Kyrie because Canada doesn't do that. True. Yeah, and wouldn't be the Raptors are a they're a good team. <laughs> they're a young but a really good team. I'm so that's a, a team that the Nets could possibly lose and end up a, a number two seed. Like, I don't see them – I mean, the number eight seed – no, yeah, eight seed 
um, more so than a seven. Um, but no matter how you cut it, to be honest, I think the championship is going to be won by somebody out east. As good as, you know, Phoenix has been playing, Memphis has been playing. I just can't, we already seen, you know, the Suns versus Milwaukee. So I'm not going to say they'll probably play a little bit better this time around, but I mean, you could only assume Milwaukee will play better as well. Um, Nets being one of the, you know, favorite slash dark horses. If they make it, I can't see them scoring wise. Uh, the Suns keeping up with, with the Nets, the Heat, their team runs deeper than almost any other team in the league. The only ones I could really compare them to is probably like Memphis. Cause you can see without jaw or whatever, they can, they can go deep, but they, then he has experience. Um, Warriors who knows what Curry's going to be when he comes back from injury. So it's just like so many, like, I don't know. I just think it's going to come out of come out of the East. I'm not considering the Sixers. I wouldn't be shocked if they get bounced first round. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think it's going to be either my favorites are the Heat, but I think it'll be between Heat, Nets, and Milwaukee to uh, win the chip this year. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. I man, I I don't know. I don't have too much more to add to what y'all said. I'm. I'm just going to say this because I feel if we're talking about this, someone has to say something about the Lakers. So I'm just going to say something about the Lakers. So we, about our the Laker Lakers. quota. Uh, so bingo card. Go <laughs> I I'm nervous for the Lakers because a LeBron, this knee thing going on with LeBron, you know, it's like he's resting every few games. Like, that and that's not his thing right he doesn't really do that if he's healthy enough he's gonna go out there and play his body's getting older there's more miles on 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 the car than usual and they don't win unless he gets 45 to 50 points most games that makes me nervous for them going in is lebron is good enough to possibly get them the two games if they stay at the 10th seed that would be needed to get into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't see them winning around. I don't. And, and because he's going to have to be on every single night. He's going to have to get you 40 to 50 points every single night for them to get a playoff round victory. I just don't, I just don't see that happening. I don't, I don't. Yeah. I just don't see that happening. Is he good enough to do it? We've seen it before early, early in his career and other years of his career at this juncture of his career. No, no, because, and he's also not as, because that takes away from his defensive side of of the ball too. Right. Mm -hmm. So when you get older, you can't give your all on both sides of the court anymore. Either you got to be like, make up your mind and say, I'm going to spend more energy on defense. I'm going to spend more energy on offense. Well, if he spends more energy on defense, they're going to lose 4-0. If he spends more energy on offense, they have a chance, but they're going to give up all these points as they've been doing. So I, I'm a little nervous about them. 
um, even getting into the dance, I think this is just going to be one of those years for LeBron where it's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. I think they'll make it. I, I like the – and then with the knee issue, I mean, it helps out a little because I think he's mentally preparing, like, okay, we're going to have to face the Suns if we make the playoffs, and he's going to have to be on, like you said, every single night. So I think he's just mentally preparing for that, just like it's literally me or bus. You can't, you know, we don't – AD might come back, but he might come back and get injured again. Who knows? Russ, he <laughs> – who knows with Russ. But, um, yeah, it's I, – I think they'll make it. I know they'll make the playoffs. I know they will. I'm going to say that. They'll make the AFC. But um, I think win or lose, I think we might see one of Bron's – best series against the Suns. Yeah. I mean, statistically, he's going to have to bring – there's yeah. another way around it. The other thing I'm looking at is if – I'm looking at that, who they could possibly – okay, so for the Lakers' sake, what I'm also looking at is they're – they turn the ball over a lot, and it's not just Russ. It's not just Russ. Every game now, what I've, I've done for like the last 20 to 25 Laker games is I go to the box score and I look to see all the turnovers that each player has committed. I, and Russ will, will have his times where he turns the ball over five, six, seven times. LeBron will also turn the ball over five, six, seven times in that game. Um, you know, other players have also done the same thing throughout their losing you know, they're losing throughout their losing ways. So I'm, I'm looking at it like if you can't take care of the ball, you can't play defense. And most of you can't shoot. Like, wh- wh- what are we going to do? Why are we here? How are we going to how are we possibly going to overcome this? So. Yeah, man, I, I hate to see it for LeBron. He's one of my favorite players ever. But uh, I don't I think even he can't overcome this at this stage in his career, especially. Um, but yeah, I, I like the, I like the Warriors. I think they'll be fine. I think the Warriors will be fine. Uh, the only reason why I say that is because the nucleus that have been through the trials and tribulations together are together. If these were new pieces that they had put together of stars that have been successful in other places, I would be a little bit more worried. But I think they'll be fine, honestly. Plus, they're one of the deepest teams in the league. Because you you got you got these young cats, man. Yeah, Kaminga, Poole, Moody's like here and there. But Peyton, you know, you, these guys can hoop. They can give you quality minutes. So, you know, you don't have to have the, you know, quote unquote, big three, you know, on the floor as much because uh, you have some people that, and I don't think Golden State's really never had that much wing defending young talent in any of their successful seasons before. Right, you know, this is this is more than younger Iggy and Harrison Barnes. You know, this is this is more than that. Uh, so I think they're primed for the playoffs. I think they're just doing what they need to do to to stay sharp and and, and get get it get a good seed in the playoffs. Memphis is surprising because they're winning without John Morant. Yeah, they're just 
They're just good, man. And they're <laughs> blowing teams out without John Morant. And I'm like, yo, like, these guys are ridiculous. Uh, I'm 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 rooting for Memphis in this. I don't I don't think they'll get to the to the championship, but I'm hope I'm I I hope they at least get to the conference finals. I like to see them get that far, and I think it's doable. I think it's doable uh, because I can't trust Utah in the postseason. Uh, I I can't really even trust Denver without Jamal Murray. I can't trust Denver all, all the way. I mean, you're talking about Jokic being an MVP candidate, but they're the sixth seed in the Western Conference. I can't give you an MVP for that. Well, he doesn't have anybody. But John Morant is number two in the Western Conference, and nobody wants to give him an MVP with a deep team. We just said that his I, team is great. With they're they're like sixteen and two without him. But they're a bunch of role players, man. And you know role they were being sixteen be- and two is pretty good. Let 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 Jokic sit out. 18 games, see how good Denver do. I don't know. I, I guess. I guess. I, I digress. I'm they just, wouldn't be sniffing the playoffs. I digress. I, I, I'm i okay. All right. Uh, the My dark horse for the Western Conference is actually the Mavericks. Uh, rightfully. That Spencer Dimwitty pickup was was huge. That yeah. was they, – they needed a ball handler like him. To your point, listen, if – this could it, this could be Luca's league takeover. Like if he like if he plays the way he did last year against the Clippers, yeah, throughout the whole playoffs and like gets some, you know, upsets like the Warriors, gets to the finals. Yeah, yeah, it might be. And what I yeah, <laughs> what I love for Luca is that like this is his first you know, or well, first playoff run where he doesn't have to play the Clippers every year is in the Clippers. So now you see him, um, you know, against right now is projected to to face Utah. And um, like you said, Utah is not trustworthy uh, in in a seven game series. And also speaking of the Clippers, there's word circulating that PG 13 is good to go. And they made him and possibly Kawhi, which I don't believe on his end. But if they make it out the plan and make the playoffs, uh, one or both of them can make a return. Mm. Listen, if they, if they end up playing the Lakers in the playing game, like say if it's the second playing game, I bet you money Kawhi play. <laughs> Just so they can beat the Lakers. I guarantee, I guarantee you. Both like, of them going to pull a Willis Reed and come out, come out in the locker room. <laughs> I'm telling you, if, it, if they to play the Lakers, oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah, because that'll be their championship. Yeah, yeah, at least Paul George, I think he'll be like, oh yeah, this is our time to you know be like, hey, we're not the team in the basement anymore. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Listen, I, if that, I, I, if I, that I, happens, yeah, if that happens, the Lakers ain't getting in. <laughs> the Lakers, they can't beat the the Clippers without Paul George. That's a bad matchup for them. That's the one I'm worried about. If they end up playing the Clippers in any one of those games, psychologically, I think that does a lot to you. Like, and, and not for LeBron. Because Okay, this is what I wanted to say about LeBron. I'll be, I'll be quick. In his interviews over the last few months, you have to pay very close attention to his word choice. LeBron is a very calculated individual. He's extremely intelligent. But he's giving you the answer without giving you the answer. 
And this is this is this is what you remember when they, you know, they lost to Milwaukee and they're like, hey, you know, do you think your team could ever, you know, be on a, a, the, 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 uh, the level of a Milwaukee? And he said, no, we OK, no, we cannot. We're not there. We're not there. We're not going to be able to get there. Is basically what he was saying. Now, with everyone, everyone forgot about that comment. And they focused on another comment he made later after a game. He said, you're going to have to bury me 12 <laughs> feet under, right, for me. So basically he's saying, this team is, is dead, okay? <laughs> but me, I'm not going to die with it. I'm going to give you every last thing. You're going to have to literally bury me 12 feet in the ground to be able to stop me. He could have used that opportunity to say, Hey, we are we're gonna be a resilient bunch and we're gonna we're a bunch of fighters. You're gonna to have to bury us 12 feet deep. But he said, bury me. Just just saying that tells you exactly how he's thinking about the postseason. He's like, it's me or nothing. It's me or nothing. And if yeah. I'm one of his teammates, I'm sure they're they're smart too, right? They have to, they have to be able to realize what he just told them. <laughs> yep. And what is that going to do for the psyche of a team when stuff gets tight in the postseason? And when LeBron's body language, he's not getting back on defense or he's just looking at you like, what are you doing? Because he's done it already. He's done it already this season. That's the stuff I don't like. That's the stuff. As good as he is and as frustrated as he has every right to be frustrated, as a leader, you can't show that. Because if I see it on TV, I know his teammates see it. Yep. And people won't speak out about it because it's LeBron James. Yep. But it will, at some point, catch up with, with them on the court. Whether that's against the Clippers or against Phoenix in the first round, if they do make it through those two games. Yep. Mark my words. Yep. Yeah. I, it, it definitely does something. But what I like about his approach now is that he's, you know, being more of a scorer versus, you know, a facilitator. So I think he's just going to be like, you know, all right, it's not getting done. Like no more trying to get people involved is me or nothing. But the what's going to slow him down is if AD comes back, because that's what happened to him last year. AD made it back into the lineup and he just went straight passive. Like, no, you just got to stay, just look to score, let everybody else find their own shots. That's the only way you're you're making it out of the play-in, and that's the only way you're going to put up some type of fight in the playoffs, so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm excited about it, though. I, I, I'm excited to kind of watch all this drama unfold. Well, all these people complaining about their teams, and now they're switching teams. So, okay, you know. You got out of the situation you wanted. Let's play ball then, James Harden. Let's play ball, Ben Simmons. Like, what, what are we What are we about? You know, so, yeah. Ben Simmons ain't playing. <laughs> like, you ain't even do nothing, man. How you about? Oh, my back. Like, <laughs> I tried to tell y'all, man. Yeah, I know. I had high hopes. I was like, no, nah, he's going to be there for that Philly game. He's like, he was there. He was there. He was there. If I, I'm Kevin Durant, you really I hope Kevin Durant learned a valuable lesson this season. Okay. 
Like you gotta, you gotta be very careful what you ask for. Because he's not getting what he, I don't know, he thought there was going to be a different outcome because Kyrie's my boy, James Harden is my boy. We're going to, don't worry about what happened in the past. We're going to be able to work this out because we boys. Okay. Yeah. We saw, <laughs> we saw what's going on there. Sometimes you can't mix your friend groups, man. Right. Because James Harden's like, hey, don't take this person, Katie. This ain't about you. I'm just, this thing just ain't working for me. This just ain't working for me. I'm going to have to go. I have to go. But you knew that, KD. You knew that, KD. Uh, Well, that's it for us on the coach's box. We covered a lot of ground in a fairly short period of time. But more to come. We'll we'll, we'll do a little bit more March Madness, you know, coverage. Definitely much more playoff stuff as as the seating gets more secured. And I feel like there's probably going to be some big move in the NFL. Like there's always some NFL narrative floating around. So we'll have some more to talk about that too. So on behalf of Coach Natty T and Coach Murph, I'm your host, Coach JP3. Stay blessed. Stay safe, y'all. Peace.